your host, Brittany, and welcome back to my library. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you all for being here. If you like books or want to get more into reading, this is your place to be, so I'm glad you're here. Um, okay, if you don't know, last week I had a Halloween party, and I ended up being a lion. Um, it went pretty well. I was happy with how I looked. Um, and the party was good. It wasn't like technically a Halloween party. It was technically a Reformation Day party, which is like Halloween for Christians, I guess. But basically, like back in olden times, there was this guy, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but his name was Martin Luther. And something with like the Germans like the German church not letting people kind of worship the way they wanted to and like selling them indulgences which was harmful and anyways but he nailed like the 95 theses on the chapel and kind of gave way to like modern day Christianity and theology and stuff like that it happened on the same day as Halloween so that's why like if you don't Christians don't celebrate Halloween they might celebrate the Reformation Day but anyways that's who I went as we all had to dress up as like bible characters so I went as a lion Will went as like an angel from like Ezekiel has like eyes all over its body Um, so he just like put googly eyes all over his shirt it was good you know whatever Um, yesterday we went on a little road trip up to Tampa to the Tampa Zoo with some of our friends and it was really fun the weather was really nice we got to see a lot of cool animals and we had fun driving up it was like three hours up there three and a half hours maybe we got there we spent like maybe I think we spent three and a half hours there and then we drove back but there's like in Orlando there's an address that is very similar to ours and when I press it into my phone I was the one who drove back home and I put in our home address and I am just going and then maybe like an hour later we're stuck in awful traffic and we start seeing signs for Disney and we're like Will's like, wait, are we going to the right place? Did you put in the correct address? And I was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, no, you didn't. You put in the other one, which happened last time we went to um, Orlando. And so basically we drove an hour in the wrong direction, and it took us an extra hour to get home. So that was quite an adventure, but it was good. Got some good friend time and listened to music and... It was all good, but I felt so bad for adding an hour (laughs) to everyone's trip, but whatever. Um, We had a good time regardless. It's about the journey, not the destination, you know? Okay, let's get into today's episode. I wanted to do in honor of Taylor Swift's new record-breaking, historic, absolutely smash hit of her 10th studio album, Midnights, 
Taylor Swift is once again making history, as she does. She is an icon. She is the music industry. I'm going to give you the Midnight's as books. If the songs on Midnight's were books, um, I hope that makes sense. You'll get it. It's a trend on YouTube right now, so I think people get the idea. But I'm only going to do her 13 original tracks. Um, next week, I think I'll do the rest of like her bonus tracks, which is eight more songs that are just random bonus songs she put out there called her 3 a.m. tracks. And then one of the bonus tracks you can only find on the exclusive Lavender Edition at Target. And other than that, um, yeah, those are the the songs. So today I'll do the 13 on the original album, and then next week I'll do the 3 a.m. tracks. But before we get into that, let me share my current read, which is Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosimano. This is what you would call a cozy mystery it's supposed to be like funny and lighthearted, even though it's centered around like a murder, mystery murder. But basically, Finley is a thriller romance author, and she's struggling with writer's block because everything in her life is seeming to just be a disaster and going downhill, and she doesn't know what to do anymore. Um, but she meets with her agent, and they're talking about the book that she's writing, the plot um, of her book that she's supposed to be writing. And a woman overhears her, seeks her out, mistakes her for a, like a hitman, and asks her to take care of her problem husband. And this whole bit of information that she misinterpreted sends Finley on just a chaotic um, series of very unfortunate events that ensue afterwards and she gets herself caught up with a lot of stuff so um, it's so good I'm loving it I'm almost done with it but it's really good there's two more books with Finley Donovan and I am definitely excited to read those so um, yeah. Okay, so just fair warning, there will probably be spoilers to books I mentioned in this episode. It's hard to talk about the plot of the book while relating it to a song, so that's just the way it is if you don't want to be spoiled for a certain book, but I'll try my best to warn you. Um, if that comes so I just want to um, preface but on to the episode so Taylor Swift's first track on the Midnight's album is Lavender Haze and this song is about falling in love and wanting to stay in that place with your person Taylor said that she heard the term Lavender Haze in Mad Men and looked it up and she said that it was like a phrase used in the 1950s if you were in a lavender haze then you were in this all-consuming love and you will do anything to stay there so when having to deal with the world outside weighing in 
on that love and their opinions and everything they have to say about you and their relationship. I thought this kind of sounded like Terms and Conditions by Lauren Asher. This book is about a man, Declan, who is about to become the CEO of Dreamland, which is this world's in the books um, called Disneyland. Instead of Disneyland, it's Dreamland. But his grandfather chose him as his heir to the company. And when the will is read after his grandfather's death, he gives him some conditions on what Declan has to do in order to receive his inheritance. He has to get married and then get his wife pregnant all within a year. And so leaving really no choice after that, his assistant Iris agrees to marry him and have his child. And while they're in this like honeymoon stage, they actually start kind of falling in love because they have to pretend that they're that they didn't just get married to get the inheritance. They have to make the marriage look real. Um, from but there's a lot of outside noise weighing in on it from the media that kind of like breaks Declan down and he starts kind of freaking out about what it means to get close to another person. His father, who was very like emotionally absent and abusive, who's constantly threatening to out their scheme to the public, even though he doesn't really know that's not for show, but he kind of suspects that it is for show. He's threatening to like out it to the media. Um, and Iris keeps standing up for herself and Declan. The chorus says, I feel lavender haze creeping up on me. Surreal. I'm damned if I do. Give a damn what people say. No deal. The 1950s they want from me. I just want to stay in that lavender haze, which I feel like fits Iris to a T. Then it says, all they keep asking me if is if I'm going to be your bride. The only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife, which Declan's father definitely alludes to as he keeps using them to get something out of Declan, in which like Declan has to learn how to push his father out and cut him off and just try to enjoy life and be in love without feeling guilty about it. Um, the next track on the album is called Maroon. This song is rumored to be about Taylor Swift's past relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal, who she had a relationship with during um, the Red era, or I guess a little bit before. But this is where she wrote the iconic All Too Well from her fourth album, Red. And then last year, she when she released Red Taylor's version, it, it included a 10-minute version of All Too Well that was accompanied by a short film with starring Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien. Um, but this is the reason why people think that this is related to Maroon is because Maroon is a deeper shade of red, it's more mature, it's darker, which definitely fits the song. And it kind of signifies that Taylor is older. She's more mature. This whole album is about her thinking back on her life and her sleepless nights and kind of rethinking situations and stuff. Um, but this 
song Maroon reminds me of The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This has spoilers in it, so if you haven't read it and you really want to stay in the dark, um, you can just skip like a couple minutes. Um, But in the book, we have Evelyn Hugo, who is telling an interviewer about her life and her work and her career as a past movie star. She was the biggest movie star of her time. Everyone wanted to be her. She was iconic. And everyone is wondering, and the interviewer is trying to get the questions of, like, which husband was her true love? She was married seven times, so which one did she love the most? And it goes through the times in her life of her different husbands and who her true love was. It wasn't her husband. It wasn't the father of her child who was one of her husbands. It wasn't her child, but it was a woman named Celia St. James who had the, they had this great forbidden love, but Evelyn was all about getting famous. She was always wanting more and more, and she was willing to do, willing to marry whoever, whatever she needed in order to advance her career and keep herself relevant because she just wanted to be a big star. And it cost her her love, but in the chorus, it says... And I chose you, the one I was dancing with in New York, no shoes, looked up at the sky and it was maroon, the burgundy on my t-shirt when you splashed your wine into me, and how the blush rushed to my cheeks, so scarlet it was, the mark you saw on my collarbone, the rest that grew between telephones, the lips that used to call home so scarlet it was maroon. Evelyn was at a party when she and Celia first met. They had danced together, and later on in the story, um, Celia kind of felt, well, a couple, multiple times, Celia felt betrayed by Evelyn's constant need to be more and more famous, especially after Evelyn had her daughter, and she didn't want to be seen as a over-the-hill woman who couldn't play, like, the the young, sexy woman anymore, who could only get parts as, like, a mom or a teacher or something like that. Um, and then it says, when the silence came, we were shaking, blind and hazy. How the hell did we lose sight of us again? Sobbing with your head in your hands. Ain't that the way... Stuff always ends. You were standing hollow-eyed in the hallway. Carnations you had thought were roses. That's us. I feel you no matter what. The rubies that I gave up. And Evelyn's biggest regret is how she didn't have enough time with Celia. She felt like if she could go back and do it again, she would have not wasted that time that she had with her. But there was wasted time. And there's a point in the story where Evelyn betrays her love and it ultimately just costs her everything and all that she had was the fame that was left. Um, 
The next track is one of my favorites on this album, and it's anti-hero, anti-hero. Taylor explains how this is one of her most vulnerable songs that she's ever written, and it's all about how she is her own anti-hero in her life, how we all have these qualities and things that we just don't like about ourselves, and the negative things that we think about ourselves how we are our own villain and no one can hurt us the way that we hurt us ourselves and I was struggling to come up with like figure out which book kind of fit that vibe and relate that to and at first um I was thinking Lily and Lowe from the addicted series because you know they have these addictions and when they don't think that they are worthy of getting better of being happy with each other which is so sad and I really feel like but after you know looking more into it I felt like that this really did fit them and with the lyrics I have this thing where I get older but just never wiser midnights become my afternoons when my depression works the graveyard shift all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room and this fits Lillian Lowe so well because they feel stuck and that they're never going to get better. And this causes them to just isolate themselves to feed their addictions. And they really never talk to anyone in their families or anything like that because their addictions just control their lives. And then it says, I should not be left alone to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. Tale as old as time. I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving. Because you got tired of my scheming for the last time. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be so exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. And this, they feel as though they are never going to get to a place where they are healthy enough to actually be together. They're constantly scared that they're going to have to break up in order to get better. And they don't know how to be without each other. They're completely um, codependent upon themselves and each other um and when they don't like that's their deepest fear that they'll have to leave each other and that they would they would rather stay in their addictions they would rather burn their eyes looking at the sun than looking at themselves in the mirror and really coming to terms with who they are with these addictions and how much they hurt each other and hurt those around them and because they're scared of having to break up and not be together or that they're never going to be able to have a family because of their messed up brains, you know, fighting with addiction. Um, but yeah, I thought that fit really well. I love that song. The first or the fourth song on Midnight's is called Snow on the Beach. It features Lana Del Rey. We love her. This song is about falling in love with somebody while they're also falling in love with you. And just the crazy feeling of like, wow, is this really happening? Is this, is this just dreaming? 
in the chorus it says and it's like snow at the beach weird but really beautiful flying in a dream stars by the pocketful you wanting me tonight feels impossible but it's coming down no sound it's all around and I thought this sounded like Beach Read by Emily Henry the two main characters are Augustus and January they're both authors who are struggling badly with writer's block and it just so happens that January moved into the lake house right next to Augustus and so Augustus writes literary fiction and January writes romance and they decide to switch it up and switch genres and so Augustus will write a romance and January will write a literary fiction novel to see how well they that they can do it and like they have a bet on whoever's book gets the most sales like wins something I can't remember quite what it was Uh, but they start going on these research outings they call not dates to help each other with their books and then they start falling in love which goes um to the lyrics this scene feels like what i once saw on a screen i searched aurora borealis green i've never seen someone lit from within blurring out my periphery my smile is like i won a contest and to hide that would be so dishonest and it's fine to fake it till you make it till you do till it's true and it just fits these two so much because they're both falling in love with each other at the same time and they can't really believe that it's happening that it's really a thing but they are just so happy about it and they love spending time with each other and helping each other do research for their books and like they they can't help but like if they're and to hide that would be so dishonest to to fake it till you make it and they're just trying not to tell each other that they love each other. They're trying to push it down, push those feelings down because they can't be together. But yes, they can. And then they they make it and it's it's great. I kind of feel like it fits all of Emily Henry's books, People We Meet on Vacation and also Book Lovers. I feel like this song just fits Emily Henry books well. And I love that. The next song is one of, if not my favorite song on the album. And it's called You're On Your Own Kid. This is about Taylor and her own life. How she was able to go through life and career having highs and lows. As she navigates fame and love and the media, her fans, people she's gained and lost along the way. This song resonates with a lot of her fans, and that's why it's a top fave. Um, But this song reminds me of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. This is such a great book. Addie was a young woman who was living with her parents in like 1500s France, I believe, around that time period. And her parents are making her get married but 
Addie doesn't want to get married. She's desperate to get out of it. She wants to live and travel. She doesn't want to die in the same place she was born. So the night of her wedding, she runs into the woods and begs for help. But she was warned not to pray in the dark because you don't know who's going to answer. And so she's praying this prayer. And the devil comes and offers her a little bargain. Eternal life on earth where she will stay young and beautiful. But there's a catch that every one that she meets will forget about her so how this works is her everyone forgets about her she goes she's talking to her parents but they have no idea who she is and she's having a conversation with her father he's like oh let me go get this tool from the other room he leaves then he comes back and he's freaking out because there's a woman that he doesn't know in his little workshop and so that's how this curse works and um so she just she has to she deals with this the hard way she she has to figure out this horrible curse for herself and she just lives for hundreds of years then one day she steals a book from a store and someone remembers her And in the song, it says, summer went away, still the yearning stays. I play it cool with the best of them. I wait patiently. He's going to notice me. It's okay. We're the best of friends. Anyway, I hear it in your voice. You're smoking with your boys. I touch my phone as if it's your face. I didn't choose this town. I dream of getting out. There's only one who could make me stay all of my days. And Addie is kind of wondering who she's eventually going to marry, kind of hopes that her parents will let her wait until there's somebody worth waiting for. But she doesn't get that opportunity, and now she never will. She wants more out of life. She wants more than anything to be free and not be tied down as a wife and a mother who devotes her life to other people besides herself. She dreams of getting out and... Then it says in the lyrics, I see the great escape, so long Daisy May. I picked the petals, he loves me not. Something different bloomed writing in my room. I play my songs in the parking lot. I'll run away. So after she's cursed, she runs away. She stays in France for a long time, but eventually starts traveling outside of France and then eventually finds herself on the other side of the world. And she realizes that if this is something she wants to do forever, then she needs to do it well. She can at any point surrender her life, but at that point, the devil who has, you know, she sold her soul to the devil, she would belong to him. So she wonders about it often. She almost gives in a few times, but she doesn't want to give him that satisfaction. And she's literally on her own. No one she meets remembers her. Such a great story. It had me in tears. There are times in this book where she stops running from herself and learns that if she's going to be alive, then she might as well make the best of it and starts forming all of these like one-sided relationships, knowing that these people won't really remember her, but that she like she holds them dear in her heart anyways. Um, 
the next one on Midnight's is titled Midnight Rain, and it's rumored that this song is about her relationship with Taylor Lautner um, from her Speak Now era. She wrote back to December about him. This one might spoil A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, but I will try my best not to outright spoil it with so-and-so's name, but here's a forewarning. It's about two different people who are just kind of different from each other, the song is, and sometimes opposites just can't really attract. Um, this reminded me of Feyre and Tamlin, more so in a court of mist and fury than in the first one. It says, rain, he wanted comfortable, I wanted that pain. He wanted a bride, I was making my own name, chasing that fame. He stayed the same, all of me changed, like midnight rain. My town was a wasteland, full of cages, full of fences, pageant queens, and big pretenders. But for some, it was paradise. Tamlin wanted Feyre to do, marry him and just ha- live a quiet little life in the spring court with him. Especially after what had happened under the mountain in the first book. He doesn't want Feyre playing with her new powers, but Feyre can't really let go of who she was, and she wants to find herself in this new body and figure out who she wants to be. It says in the song, he was sunshine, I was midnight rain. He wanted a comfortable, I wanted that pain. He stayed the same. All of me changed like midnight rain. And after she came back to life as a highly or as a um uh high fae she realized that she doesn't have to be a helpless human anymore that she's strong and you know some new characters help her find that out for herself if you know you know then that's all i will say for that one the next one is question this song was written about Magnolia Parks by Jessica Hastings. And you can't tell me any differently because it fits the, the, the book perfectly. But Magnolia and BJ are best friends. They grew up together, but they started dating in high school. And then BJ cheated on Magnolia. And so for a couple years, they, she hasn't wanted him back or anything. But Magnolia is the daughter of a music producer. She's very rich. She lives in London. This is like very Gossip Girl-esque. Every one of her friends is also part of this rich society. And ever since BJ cheated on her, they're stuck in this constant go-around. The lyrics say, good girl, sad boy, big city, wrong choices. We had one thing going on. I swear that it was something because I don't remember who I was before you painted all of my nights a color I've searched for since. Magnolia doesn't want to be with BJ until he can admit that he loves her and until he can stop sleeping around, but he can't. And she's just too stubborn to admit that she loves him and he's too stubborn to admit that he loves her. Then it says, but one thing after another, 
um, effing situations, circumstances, miscommunications. And I have to say, by the way, I just may like some explanations. Can I ask you a question? Did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room? And every single one of your friends was making fun of you. But 15 seconds later, they were clapping too. Then what did you do? And all of their friends are trying to help them figure out what they really want to do. Get back together or stay broken up, but for good. And then the next part of the song is, Then what did you do? Did you leave her house in the middle of the night? Did you wish you'd put up more of a fight? When she said it was too much, do you wish that you could still touch her? It's just a question. Does it feel like everything's just like second best after that meteor strike? And what's that that I heard that you're still with her? That's nice. I'm sure that's what's suitable and right. But tonight, can I ask you a question? And Magnolia has been kind of serial dating guys in, in her society. And um, but she her heart still belongs to BJ but she's so unwilling to admit that she still loves him and she wants to hear that from him first and BJ's friends keep asking him these questions about Magnolia and he keeps they keep encouraging him to just stop and apologize for cheating on her and take her back and make it right and it's just it's the perfect song for them I it's so perfect so perfect Okay, the next song is called Vigilante, S-H-I-T. I have mothers who listen to this, so I don't want to say the word. And it's all about getting revenge and what goes around comes around and having all of your devious plans work out in the name of justice. And I thought that no one fits this song better than um, Aelin Ashriver Galathinius from Empire of Storms from the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. I won't try to spoil the entire series, but I will take I will talk in vague terms that only someone who has read this book will understand. So if you haven't read it, then me saying Aelin won't spoil it for you because you don't know who Aelin is until like book three or four. Um but Aelin gets her revenge in this book and it's so satisfying to read until the ending for obvious reasons but she is on a revenge mania high and nothing can stop her the beginning of the song goes draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man you did some bad things but i'm the worst of them sometimes i wonder which one will be your last lie they say looks can kill and i might try i don't dress for women i don't dress for men lately i've been dressing for revenge I don't start it, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't get sad, get even. So on the weekends, I don't dress for friends. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. Throughout the series, you can see the characters growing into their own and getting back at the people who have done them wrong. And it's so great. I definitely recommend this series. I won't stop recommending this series. The words read Throne of Glass will be written on my tombstone when I'm dead. And there you have it. But this song is definitely Aelin's song. The next one is called Bejeweled. And this one is about Taylor when she was in hiding for over a year back in 2016. And then she came back 
did the biggest comeback of all time and put out reputation and has just been kept coming out with hit song and record-breaking albums and um but this is how she even though she took a break and she was kind of hated on for a while she was still relevant and she can still shine it says best believe I'm still bejeweled when I walk in the room I can still make the whole place shimmer and when I meet the band they ask do you have a man I can still say I don't remember familiarity breeds contempt don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart diamonds in my eyes I polish up real I polish up real nice so I haven't actually read this book but from everything I've heard about it I think it can relate to Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's about Carrie Soto, who was a champion tennis player, and she took out, she took like a break, or I think she may have retired, but then she comes back and she's trying to prove that she can still be this great player and that she still deserves a chance to be on the court. In the song, it says, baby boy, I think I've been too good of a girl. Did all the extra credit, then got graded on a curve. I think it's time to teach some lessons. I made you my world, have you heard? I can reclaim the land. And I miss you, but I miss sparkling. And from what I know about the book, I feel like it really can relate to Carrie Soto is back. Um, the next one is called Labyrinth. And this one is about being scared to fall in love again because it hurt so much the last time. The song says... It only hurts this much right now was what I was thinking the whole time. Breathe in, breathe through, breathe deep, breathe out. I'll be getting over you my whole life. You know how scared I am of elevators. Never trust it if it rises fast. It can't last. Uh Uh-oh, I'm falling in love. Oh no, I'm falling in love again. Oh, I'm falling in love. I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? This reminded me of two books. The first is Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover with Miles, who is the love interest in one of the main characters. Without spoiling the book, he and his friend slash neighbor slash best friend's sister have decided to be friends with benefits, and he has two rules with Tate. He can't fall in love, and he won't talk about his past. There was something that happened in his past with someone he loved, and he's afraid to fall in love again because of that. He kind of promised himself that he wasn't going to to fall in love ever again because that's what he deserved. But with Tate, he can't help but fall in love with her, and as the story progresses, you find out what happens along with Tate, who wants to help Miles and see that he's worthy and that he deserves to be loved. Get your box of tissues ready because you will need the entire box for this one. I thought this song also sounded like Wrecked by Lauren Asher. This book is about Jax who lost a loved one a few years ago. And ever since then, he would just numb his feelings with partying and women. And his anxiety caused him to be addicted to his um, medication for it. But then his... He, his job is at risk because of all of the partying and he keeps getting bad publicity 
So his team hires a PR agent who comes in and she sees his struggles and she's trying to help him. She struck a deal with the agency that she has to live with him because he's such a flight risk and he could lose his job. It's so serious. So as they begin living and traveling together, she sees how he struggles and keeps everyone away at an arm's distance. Jax is afraid. He's afraid of falling in love because of what happened to his best friend. But as the story goes on, he starts wondering if it really is better to keep others away from him or to just let himself be loved and to love others back. And it's um, such a great book, such a great song. But yeah, like he's scared of falling in love as it says. Um, uh-oh, I'm falling in love. Oh, no, I'm falling in love again. I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? I feel like it just fits Jax and Elena so, so well. Um, okay, this next song is called Sweet Nothing, and this is about Taylor Swift and her fiancé, Joe Alwyn. They have been together for over six years, and the song talks about all of the outside noises of the media and what everyone wants from her and all of the pressure of being famous but she she comes home to him and he's humming in the kitchen and he just expects nothing and just wants nothing like from her just her he just only wants her for who she is and this song really reminded me of hot house flower and long way down from the callaway sisters series by Kristen becker Archie. Then the the meaning kind of reminds me of Daisy, who is this huge supermodel, and because of Lily's fame when her addiction gets outed to the media, Daisy, being the youngest sister, is getting a lot of publicity, and because she's seen as being wild and spontaneous, the media is all over her, wondering what she'll do next, what crazy things she'll be doing. But Reich is the only person who she doesn't need to pretend or be fake or put on a brave face with. She can just be herself. Reich just wants her and he wants her to be happy and safe and loved. The lyrics say, they said the end is coming. Everyone, everyone's up to something. I find myself running home to your sweet nothings. Outside their push and shoving you're in the kitchen humming all that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing on the way home i wrote a poem you say what a mind this happens all the time industry disruptors and soul deconstructors and smooth talking hucksters out glad handing each other and the voices that implore you should be doing more to you i can admit that i'm just too soft for all of it reich is so infatuated with daisy and every venture that she sets out to do, Reich is always behind her, supporting her. And it goes the same for Reich, that whatever daredevil thing that he wants to try, Daisy is right there to support him because she knows that this is what he needs and that they are each other's one person where they can just be themselves and they don't have to put on a face for, for them, for each other. The last song on the album is one of my favorites. It's called Mastermind, and it's again about Taylor and her fiancé, about how she thought that the only reason they ended up together 
is because she kind of manipulated the situation. And if she hadn't done that, then they wouldn't be together. But in reality, he knew what she was doing and he let her do it anyway because he truly did love her. And that's exactly how he wanted her was just how she was. And I thought this sounded like two books. First, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, Spoilers ahead for the whole series. I can't talk around it. Um, But here are some of the lyrics. It says, Once upon a time, the planets and the fates and all the stars aligned. You and I ended up in the same room at the same time. And the touch of a hand lit the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves to assess the equation of you. Checkmate, I couldn't lose. What if I told you none of it was accidental? And the first night you saw me, nothing was going to stop me. I laid the groundwork and then, just like clockwork, the dominoes cascaded in a line. What if I told you I'm a mastermind? And now you're mine. It was all my design because I'm a mastermind. Now... I don't want to hear how this song is Reese's song. And and here's why. Reese was totally okay with not being in Favor's life if that was what she wanted. He only went to Cal and May to see her just once and then he would have spent the rest of his life under the mountain glad that he got just a glimpse of his mate. And he was going to let her marry Tamlin because that's what he that's what he thought she wanted. He never manipulated anything to make her want him, to make the situation better. He didn't even tell her that he was his mate, that she was his mate, this, this serial did. And if anything, this song fits Tamlin because he actually did manipulate and control the situation that Feyre was in. And she first came to live at the spring court because it was his last chance of being saved. Tamlin would say things and gaslight Feyre into thinking that she just needed to be okay when she really wasn't so that he wouldn't have something out so he wouldn't have something out of his control. He just wanted to control Feyre and put her into this little box that she didn't fit in. But Reese always, always let Feyre choose what she wanted. Do you want me in your life or do you not? I don't care if I'm your mate or not. I'm your mate and I love you and I am going to be with you however you want me to be with you with. Even if that's not in your life at all, just let me know and I will be okay. And yeah, I I just, it's not about Feyre and Reese. It's about Tamlin. And the other book that I thought this related to is The Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. This is where the two main characters are in a fake dating relationship and the man, the male main character, he kind of, he had this crush on the woman. I can't remember her name. Um, but he had a crush on her she needed a date to her sister's wedding and he was there and he just volunteered all of a sudden even though that she didn't really like him and he was like I'll take you and she was like um okay I guess since you're offering and I need a date really bad 
So they pretend to date and then they go to Spain for her sister's wedding and everyone just loves him and he kind of shows her that he should be with her and that they should be together and it's just it's so good. I really did love that book even though it gets a lot of hate but whatever. Um, Yeah that is the end of the album. Thank you so much for everyone who listened and made it this far. I know today's was a long one. Um, I think next week I will do a part two with the other eight songs because this was really fun to work on. Um, please like and share. Tell me what you think. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Let me know. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming to my library. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.